Can I rant for a sec? Please. Pay apps are way too public. What happened? Some rando hearted a payment from five months ago, and I realized people can see my entire history, who I'm paying, like full names. It's super weird. Yeah, it's weird. How are you paying your friends then? Apple Cash. It's all in messages. You can literally send cash like a text, and it stays between friends. Random people can't see it. Did you just pay me a dollar on Apple Cash? <laughs> Services are provided by Green Dot Bank. Member FDIC. Terms apply. This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly Boring Since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group, Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? Welcome to Stuff Mom Never Told You from HowStuffWorks.com. Hello and welcome to the podcast. I'm Kristen. And I'm Caroline. Caroline, I would like to wish you a happy National Single and Unmarried Americans Week. Just a week, huh? Yep, just just a week. Thank you. Uh, I before we came to record today, and I should go ahead and say that um, the the date is September twentieth. So by the time this publishes, it will no longer be National Single and Unmarried Americans Week. I'm just gonna make a month of it, really. <laughs> yeah. Parties, yeah, know, bad decisions. We well, could make it a month and change, so it can it can end in Halloween. That oh. makes that would make sense. Yeah. Um. But uh, according to the New York Times. Uh, this, it, it is indeed the National Single and Unmarried Americans Week. Um, snazzier title I, I vote for. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, the uh, acronym gets crazy. Yeah. But I felt that it was appropriate that we were, are recording this episode on pickup artists mm-hmm. during National Single and Unmarried Americans Week. Yeah. Because it's all about these single heterosexual guys. Looking for some ladies to Sarge. Yeah. Wait, wait, what? Well, yeah, Sarge, um, I'm going to try to toss out as much pickup lingo, mm-hmm. pickup artist lingo as I can during this episode. And Sarge is a word that comes up a lot when mm-hmm. pickup artists are talking to each other. And it means to strike up a conversation with a woman that you don't know. Mm-hmm. So, and that's really the whole point. Uh, well, not the whole point, <laughs> not the end game, but uh, the initial hurdle these guys have to get over is is the Sarge mm-hmm. actually conversing, exchanging words, dialogue <laughs> with a female they've never met. Right. Um, a lot of these guys who participate in the seduction community, yes. so to speak, these pickup artists, a lot of them are insecure guys who want to develop confidence. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not that they seek to objectify women. Right. 
But that does end up being a big part of it a lot of the time, because if you are trying to get over your insecurities of talking to someone of the opposite sex, you might use some defense mechanisms sure. to make that make it seem easier. Yeah, if you and especially if you've had uh, bad luck in dating, you know, mm-hmm. if you've been rejected a number of times, mm-hmm. uh, it can, um, you know, it, it can be scary to go out there and, and swing the old bat one more time, worried <laughs> that you might strike out. Um, but just to back up for a second, pickup artists, um, for anyone out there who, who has not heard of, of pickup artistry, mm-hmm. pickup artists really came into the pop culture stratosphere in 2005 when a guy named Neil Strauss published a book called The Game. And The Game was all about his journey into this secret world of the seduction community. And then from that, there was this spinoff reality show about this guy named Mystery, who was this famed pickup artist who <laughs> had interesting sartorial choices. He wore lots <laughs> of top hats and feather boas and nail polish, nail polish. And, um, Oh, the platform boots. And, and that's all part of peacocking. Yes. Which is a strategy they use. Yes. Um, and this VH1 reality show focused on, um, mystery teaching these hapless young men, how to sarge and peacock their way to, uh, to, to dating success. Well, it's actually not even dating success. It's pickup success. Pickup success. Can they successfully talk to a woman? Uh-huh. Uh, impress her, get her number. Yeah. Maybe take her home. But yeah. really the goal, it's, it's sort of strange because the goal is not necessarily to take a woman home. I mean, it is in a way, but a lot of the goal is just get over your insecurities and talk to somebody. Yeah. It's all about approaching as many women as possible. The, the mystery method, because there are a lot of different methods to, pickup artistry and the mystery method really focuses on approaching women. He has this uh, mystery outlines, this plan for guys who are, are trying to hone their pickup skills. And he says that you should go out like four times a week and make a certain number of approaches for a certain number of hours, all of which adds up to a sum total of 2,400 approaches per year. Yeah. You're supposed to talk to 2,400 different women in a year. Right. Could we do that in Atlanta? I don't even know. I, I have no, I have in a pickup kind of way. Can you, the energy for that? I'm yeah. not, I mean, I'm a, I'm an awkward, cheesy person, but I don't <laughs> know if I'm that cheesy. I don't know if I want to go up to 2,400 people in a year. Can you, and I have other things to do and hitting on them. <laughs> I have a job. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know how they have the time. Yeah. But yeah, mystery, aka Eric von Markovic, aka Eric James Horvat Markovic, <laughs> um, honed his skills by going out every night. He was down on his luck. I think he had to move back in with his parents at some point. He was an aspiring mu- a magician in Toronto, let us also add. I have a skeptical eyebrow raised. <laughs> yes. Um, but yeah, he went out every night and developing his MO, trying to see what worked, what attracted women, mm-hmm. what got their attention. And after all of his hits and misses, he settles on the alienation method. Yes. He, uh, basically would first ignore the women. He might approach a group. Mm hmm. And he would ignore the woman that he actually wanted to hook up with. Right. And he would joke around and, and try to impress the other people in the group so that the woman that he had his eye on 
would be like, oh, no, wait, but talk to me. Right. And it all focuses around this idea of negging yeah. someone. And this is all, again, part of the the mystery method, because there there are mo- other other methods of pickup artistry that, that I'll mention a little bit. But a neg is when you when you first talk to a woman, like if you're in the group and there's. You know, let's say you're sitting there in the middle, Caroline, hey. and I want to pick you up, mm-hmm. right? I'd like to get a number close, which means, <laughs> as you would imagine, getting your number right. at the end of the night. I would not walk up to your break into your group and say, well, hello, lady, you are a lovely in the face. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> I would not say that. I would wait. You would be successful. I would wait for you. To maybe say something in one of your, uh, one of your voices that, that you do, you uh-huh. know? And I'd be like, what's up with that voice? Ooh. Yeah. I would neg you. I would yeah. criticize you. So you would be like, but I'm beautiful. I know, but let what? me show you. Wait, uh, this isn't just me. No, I, I'm, I'm very, uh, turned on by your high boots. Right. Oh God. Uh, well, the example that they use a lot is, uh, hair and nails. Like, oh, you have really nice hair. Is that real? Yeah. No? Well, you're pretty anyway. Yeah. And he suggests doing this to women who are attractive and who are probably used to uh, getting nothing but praise and right. adoration because it, it, you'll stand out more. Yeah. And and once you toss out the neg and you get the woman's attention, then you isolate her from the group. And then beyond that, you start to DV or demonstrate your value, mm-hmm. usually in the form of magic tricks, oh, God. handwriting analysis, ESP, things like that. Yeah, I um, I, that, I would walk away. Well, I would, I wouldn't. Okay, the- I don't know, Caroline. They refer to that in pickup lingo as chick crack because you know we take to it like chocolate. <laughs> on our periods, you know, Interesting. stereotype, stereotype. Yeah. yeah. Um, mm-hmm. and, and at that point, you would probably toss out to me the the uh, suave pickup artist in mm-hmm. this hypothetical situation, an IOI or an indicator of interest. You like might, flipping my hair. Yeah, or maybe sensually rubbing your neck. Well, I, you know, my neck has hurt a lot, so (laughs) (laughs) to anyone out there, I guarantee (laughs) me rubbing my neck has nothing to do with whether I'm interested in you. Just putting that out there. Um, (laughs) That is good to know. But um, yeah, anyway, um, talking about Mystery's method, you know, you, you mentioned stereotypes and this sort of kind of connects to the misogynistic undertones of some of this stuff. Oh, yeah. Because basically his method appeals to maybe women with low self-esteem. Yes. And you're basically exploiting their low self-esteem. Mm-hmm. And it's interesting because there's um in the in the research that we read about this because there isn't that much academic research on pickup artists probably because they have been caricatured so much mm-hmm. in pop culture. But if you go if you go online I mean, these these communities, maybe not so much anymore, but the seduction community, as it's called, mm-hmm. really was thriving for a while. All of these guys who obviously had self-esteem issues going out and trying to talk to women, having to use this these misogynistic tools to, like you said, Caroline, exploit other women's low self-esteem, mm-hmm. thereby protecting themselves from, you know, the pain of rejection Right. It's, uh, mm, it's a dicey. Yeah. Well, well, a pickup artist might have the same end goal mm-hmm. as any other cheesy dude hitting on you in a bar. 
Um, it almost seems, and we talked about this, how the girl is almost secondary oh, yeah. to the goal of feeling better about themselves. And the woman is actually both the end and the means to the end. Right. Because pickup artists are instructed to go forth and conquer. There's a lot of like battle imagery oh, yeah. and sports metaphors and things. And uh, they have to talk to as many women as possible in order to get over their fear of rejection. Yeah. And in the process, just sort of reduce women to objects. Mm-hmm. But even though we only trace back, you know, the seduction community and the pop culture landscape back, you know, a few years with Mystery and Neil Strauss and the game and reality television and all of that, it actually goes back to the 1970s when first we have Eric Weber, who published the book, a bestseller, I might add, How to Pick Up Girls, and that's with an exclamation point. Hmm. How to Pick Up Girls. And then things really start to pick up with a guy named Ross Jeffries, who was this down-and-out comedian who, or comedy writer who wrote How to Get the Woman You Desire into Bed. And it's all about his uh, his idea of just the unfair practices of dating wherein he says that it's, you know, it's a choice for women to sleep with someone, whereas for men it's a chore. Like they have to go out and they have to pursue and follow all of these dating roles, gendered roles, and that's just a bunch of malarkey. Yeah, he I read a chunk of, of his writing and he basically just goes on and on about how it's unfair and women, blah blah. Just so much anger. It, so much it's anger, a lot Ross of, Jeffries. It's a lot of anger and um yeah, I, I wrote the article for howstuffworks.com about pickup artists, which is why uh, we decided to do a podcast on it. And I tell you what, immersing yourself in books like how to pick up girls, exclamation point, mm-hmm. and how to get the woman you desire into bed and the game. It made me not want to go out and have contact with like <laughs> any men. I was like, can I, can, I need to go to like an, an animal shelter where men are volunteering, like see something, <laughs> something nice. Well, at least now you're educated enough in this area, in this realm to know when you go out and someone's being a creeper. You oh, can yeah. say, are you a fan of Ross Jeffries? And if he gives you a dumbfounded look, you can just use that opportunity to just walk away. I could just deflect the negs. Right, right. When he's like, oh, you're a podcaster? That's almost like radio. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, exactly. And then you could kick him in the shins. (laughs) I'm anticipating. I'm anticipating the insults that will be tossed my way. Um, So, yeah, so we have Ross Jeffries. And then... Everything really takes off thanks to the Internet Mm -hmm. when finally these guys who are reading books at home start all these message boards um, based around Ross Jeffries tactics, which is referred to um, kind of like the the mystery method. Ross Jeffries tactics are referred to as speed seduction. And he emphasizes this thing called neuro-linguistic programming. This is ridiculous. And a lot of actual real scientists have said it's ridiculous and that these people don't know what they're talking about. It's a pseudoscience. Not to be, you know, too insensitive about it, but basically uh, it's an approach to psychotherapy that uses language patterns and metaphor to communicate with the unconscious mind. So, Kristen, if I were trying to pick you up at a bar, um, I wouldn't just flatter you or just use negs. Mm -hmm. No, no, that's too simple. Oh. I would pepper our conversation with suggestive words such as hard, penetrate, would, etc., uh-huh. but not necessarily use them in a suggestive way. Just put these words in your mind so that eventually you start thinking about sex. Uh-huh. So, 
So you'd be, you know, like you're really hard to talk to in front of this at this wooden bar stool I'm sitting on, <laughs> kind of like that. Sure, I think you've almost got it. What this reminds me of, not to go off on a total tangent, but this whole neurolinguistic programming angle reminds me of this episode of Say by the Bell mm-hmm. about subliminal messaging mm-hmm. when Zach Morris masters subliminal messaging to get all these these girls to like him. But oh. then, then he comes around and realizes that, uh. You shouldn't manipulate people? Yes. Yeah. Exactly. Ross Jeffries did not come to, did not come to that conclusion. No, he also has great, the great advice of listening to women. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Actually pay attention to what they say. Although I will give him this, um, body language comes up in a lot of pickup artist tactics, mm-hmm. especially things like mirroring. Um, where you, you mirror the other person's body language to give a sense of being in sync with them. Right. And I do notice in conversations, you know, when you are really invested in a conversation with someone, say you're on a date or just say we're, we're sitting here talking to podcast mm-hmm. booth. But when someone, you know, when you're both leaning in or if one person's leaning in and the other person's leaning out, I mean, that kind of body language, I think is relevant. But if you are doing it intentionally mirroring, um, because you're hoping to, uh, to close. Right. In, in pickup artist parlance. Just be careful you're not so obviously mirroring that <laughs> you seem like you're making fun of the person. Like scratching your face yeah. when they scratch their face. Yeah, exactly. Things like that. You mentioned, Kristen, um, the popularity that this stuff has gained online. Mm-hmm. Um, it's given so many people access to a community. Right. Basically. And that in and of itself can grant a lot of confidence um, in in yourself as a as a guy who maybe doesn't have a lot of luck and love, right? And I mean, and also think about it compared to you know how women have a little more social license to sit around and talk about relationships and dating and mm-hmm. tactics and all of that chit chat. Yeah, whereas with men, the you know they might not I, at least an experience that I've had with with guy friends. Mm-hmm. It is rarer for a group of guys to sit around and say, "But how do I?" How do I talk to her? I mean, yeah. you know, but the, the internet offered this like nice cloak of anonymity, but there's also offline community organization that goes along with it as well. Yeah. Um, Elena Clift, uh, in her thesis, picking up and acting out politics of masculinity in the seduction community, uh, compares the seduction community to 19th century fraternal organizations because all of a sudden with industrialization, you had a lot of men leaving their families and striking out on their own, mm-hmm. going and living in apartments uh, far away from all that they've known before. And that can, even if they're seeking independence, they still miss that family connection. And so a lot of them would end up living together, mm-hmm. creating these organizations around common interests, etc. And so, um, yeah, Clift compares the seduction community to this because strong male friendships can develop out of shared experiences. And Neil Strauss points out that the point was women and the result was men and his experiences and experiences that he witnessed in the seduction community mm-hmm. that all these people, you know, they were trying to go out and get women, but they actually just hung out with each other a lot. Yeah, there was one. Um, Elena Clift wrote this thesis partially because her brother mm-hmm. becomes involved with this pickup artist community. And at first she is kind of turned off by it and sort of concerned because her brother had always been sort of an introvert. And why would he be, you know, getting together um, with this supposedly misogynistic group of mm-hmm. of guys? But um, in her experience, she was um, she kind of comes around to understanding that 
for her brother, at least, and for some of the guys that she interacted with, it was more about that community, like you said, Caroline, mm-hmm. than it really was about going out and sleeping with as many women as possible. And she talks about going to a party at the, uh, I think they're called seduction lairs, mm. which are sort of like the, their equivalents of the, the frat house. Uh, she goes to a party, the seduction lair, and she's one of like three women. Yeah, <laughs> they're, all, they're all playing video games. Right. And hanging out. <laughs> and going back to that comparison of, the seduction community and the, the 19th century fraternal organizations and, and moving out of the home with the rise of industrialization. Along with that, you had a complete dismantling of the mating system of the time where right. people used to come hang out on the front porch. You would come courting at a girl's house. Come calling, come, sit in her parlor. Yeah. And there was a script for them to follow. Right. But then once, um, once industrialization takes off and they have the choice and the agency to, you know, take a woman out if they want to, it sort of changes. So it makes sense that, uh, you know, that they were looking for some kind of community to help figure out what's going on. Mm-hmm. And you could argue that a similar thing was going on in the mid 2000s when the seduction community really takes off, where all of these dating norms are topsy turvy with mm-hmm. women being, you know, more educated than men on average, making at least in our age bracket, making comparable money. Um, so I think that Cliff really brings up a good point with that. So, well, it's good that these guys are developing these close friendships and relationships and maybe helping each other get out there on their own. Mm-hmm. Um, they're, they actually kind of have difficulty maintaining a relationship. Right. Because they put so much emphasis on just hitting on women and picking up women and Strauss says that um, basically in his experience, all the techniques that help a relationship blossom uh, end up violating every principle necessary to maintain one. Right. Going out all the time, treating women as objects, not valuing them for who they are, just treating them all as one two-dimensional character that has certain insecurities that can be exploited. Right, because success is not getting to know someone, although with... Um, the authentic man approach, which is one of the fringe forms of pickup artistry that focuses a lot more on just kind of basic conversation and social skill building. Um, but the object isn't typically to get to know someone. It's to get a number, get they they will uh, come back with field reports saying, mm-hmm. well, I got this many numbers. I had this many approaches. I got this many IOIs from HBs, which are yeah. hot babes. Which is why their pseudonyms uh, are so beneficial. Right. Like, because that would be unfortunate if they were, well, unfortunate for them, if they were using their real names and giving these field reports of all their conquests and mm-hmm. their, their lady friends found them. And the kind of ironic thing about Neil Strauss, who wrote The Game, because um, you were just saying, Caroline, that like all... <laughs> Uh, actual monogamous dating and relationships violates um, the, the major tenets of pickup artistry. And uh, spoiler alert, at the end of the game, <laughs> he basically quits playing because he finds a woman who, A, he <laughs> basically negs him in mm-hmm. terms of not eating up all of this pickup artist garbage that he's sending her way. She's smarter than that. Mm-hmm. And therefore, his interest is piqued. Right. Because then, she's not taking all of his... And then he starts flipping his hair and rubbing his neck. Exactly. And then she finally comes around and says, all right. And so he ends up... um in a relationship. Mm-hmm. So kind of the point of the game is to, is to lose it really. Yeah. At some point. Um, 
But again, it's like, I mean, it's through the vehicle of such blatant misogyny and sexism, which is one main reason why pickup artists have been, uh, you know, buffooned in pop culture, but mm-hmm. also vilified as well. And then you have the cases of uh, people like Gunwich. That's his pickup artist handle. Mm-hmm. This guy Gunwich, his method is to, quote, escalate physical contact until the woman stops him. Basically make her say no. Yeah. Uh, basically, we're talking about sexual assault. <laughs> exactly. And it was reported earlier this year that Gunwich, this guy, was... Um, was arrested for shooting a woman in, a, in the face at a party. And who knows? I don't know if he was necessarily hitting on her and she wasn't yeah. accepting the gunwitch method. But that's when you get to the to the extremes right. of this kind of behavior. But Strauss actually told uh, Clarissa Thorne, who's a writer and interviewer, um, he told her that he was surprised that something like this hadn't happened before. Yeah. With men putting so much stock in, you know, I'm going to get better with women and I'm going to go out there and I'm going to get me one. And, you know, there's obviously going to be inevitable rejection. Right. He was just surprised that with the underlying misogynistic tendencies and... And the anger. Right. I mean, just the anger that that it hadn't happened already, that they even had to go to any trouble to pick up these, you know, basically sex objects at this point. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and Strauss, you know, he does to his... To his minor credit, <laughs> because I am, you know, I, I have a hard time giving any credit at all to pickup artists, but to Neil Strauss's minor, minor credit, he, he does emphasize in a number of interviews that the point of the game is to not only hone your outer gain game, which would be your flirtation skills, mm-hmm. but also your inner game, which mm-hmm. is the, the self-esteem foundation and and he refers to it as this major men's self-help movement that was ruined by pop culture right of, i mean of which he was a part yeah he started the whole thing he started it with an article in the new york times in 2004 and then had a best-selling book yeah so it's like come on neil strauss <laughs> do you really do you really care that much so i mean i do you know i i, I do think it's possible that this system could benefit people mm-hmm. if they go about it the right way if you go into it thinking i'm going to better myself i'm going to gain confidence i'm going to learn how to talk to women that's great but if you use i know and i know <laughs> you, i know you hate i'm saying this and i'm playing devil's advocate but just I I feel in reading all of the materials that we read, mm-hmm. I feel that the majority of people in the seduction community end up reacting to women with anger right. because women are the thing they want. Women are the thing they can't have. But it's also a thing of like it, it's to me, the question to ask a that we haven't talked about is, does, does this ever work? Mm-hmm. You know, and anecdotally. Um, yes. You know, but who I'll, does it I'll, work on? Well, Caroline, that's an excellent question. Why, thank you. Because there was uh, a study recently published in August from the University of Kansas. Uh, these psychologists were looking into what type of women actually fall for these, these incredibly sexist pickup tactics. Lo and behold, the type of the psychological profile of women who sleep with pickup artists are women who are sexist toward other women. Uh, hmm. This is a quote, women with a preference for no strings, ta- uh, no strings attached sex and negative attitudes toward other women are more likely to take the bait of these very aggressive, you know, objectifying pickup artist angles. Yeah. 
I feel like I knew bars full of both of these types of people in college. Well, and again, yeah, and like you pointed out the fact about the the low self esteem. Mm-hmm. You know, the the that can be the, the the men will just prey on, um, and that's why I think it's so revolting to see in action. Yeah, because you see what's going on, and you want to take that that woman and shake her and tell her that she's worth more than that. Cheesy you know, guy that, with a fur hat and nail polish. Yeah, that yeah. feather boa. Um, but, you know, I'd like to hear from some men on what they have to say. Yeah, I really want to know if any of you out there have given this a, sh- given this a shot, yeah. whether seriously, you know, in earnest pursuit or whether you've just read some of this material and thought, hey, I'll take some pointers. Yeah. <laughs> have you have you ever negged a woman? Yeah. Have you picked up on any IOI? <laughs> so uh, let us know. Uh, our email address is momstuff at HowStuffWorks.com. And we have an email to share about our podcast on voices. Daphne writes that she was listening to our podcast about what your voice says about you. And she says, I giggled when I heard what you said about teenage boys changing their voice when a pretty girl is around. A friend recently told me that when I'm on the phone with a guy that I am dating or interested in, my voice changes. This is what she told me. Your voice gets a little higher. That's how I know you're talking to whomever it is that you're dating on the phone. I told her I didn't believe her, but I doubt she would lie to me about it. It must be a subconscious thing to try and sound more feminine, maybe. Thanks for the podcast. Thanks for the letter. Yes, indeed. And all of all of your letters. Uh, again, the email address is momstuff at howstuffworks.com. And if you forget the email address, you can find it on our Facebook page. You can also follow us on Twitter at momstuffpodcast. And you can check out our blog during the week. It's Stuff Mom Never Told You at howstuffworks.com. Be sure to check out our new video podcast, Stuff from the Future. Join House to Fork staff as we explore the most promising and perplexing possibilities of tomorrow. The House to Fork's iPhone app has arrived. Download it today on iTunes. Brought to you by the reinvented 2012 Camry. It's ready. Are you? This episode is brought to you by PNC Bank, who believes some things in life should be boring, like banking. Because boring is safe and responsible, level-headed and wise. All things you want your bank to be. You don't want your bank to be cool or sexy. Sexy is for 80s hair bands, not banks. That's why PNC Bank strives to be boring with your money so you can be happily fulfilled with your life. PNC Bank, brilliantly boring since 1865. Brilliantly boring since 1865 is a service mark of the PNC Financial Services Group Incorporated. PNC Bank, a national association, member FDIC. The state of Tennessee is one of the few places where the sounds are just as breathtaking as the sights. Whether that's live music at a historic music venue, the crack of an open fire at a campsite in the wilderness, or hearing kids laughing as they explore what's right around the bend, Tennessee just sounds perfect. Start planning your trip at tnvacation.com. Tennessee sounds perfect. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store.